0: You're listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast only on fairfieldstags.com. Hey Stags fans, welcome to another pod special here on the Stags Sports Network. JJ Duke here with you. Hope you all are enjoying your day. Uh, we're kind of continuing our little trend of catching up with some of our fall programs as we get closer and closer to the new year. So I'm delighted to be joined now by uh, the legend of the hardwood. That would be Todd Kress, who's coming off yet another MAC championship. And certainly Todd, as we bring you into this one, this year, The 2019 season was a bit of an interesting one because broke the string of the three-peat in 2018. It was a group coming in that you're returning some players from injuries. You're kind of looking to see where, you know, what kind of the identity of this group was going to be like when you brought the team together officially for the first time last year. Where did you think they would go?
1: Well, I I think, to be honest, I knew it was a special group from day one. There was great team chemistry from the start, from the get-go. Uh, we had an incredible preseason in regards to the two, two and a half weeks of practice. Um, and they really just molded really well as a team. The freshmen came in and, uh, you know, hopped right on the tracks and and were, you know, right in line. Um, the seniors did a great job of leading and, you know, we kind of stubbed our toe out of the gate, um, with a couple of losses in the preseason, but still, I I knew it was going to be a special group from the get-go from day one, just uh, with their team chemistry and the way they bonded. When you talk about Fairfield Volleyball, there's always kind of this winning
0: mystique and mentality to them. Was there maybe a little bit of an extra onus on both the returning players to get back to that status and also for your young players coming in who have seen Fairfield Volleyball be successful, have a little bit of an off year in 18, want to restore that
1: uh, for last season? So the incoming freshmen, you know, we make that very clear to every student athlete that we recruit that, you know, MAC championship is always the goal. And then looking to take that next step. So, yeah, the incoming freshman knew the expectations. None of us were happy with the way 2018 went down in regards to the season. Um, obviously plagued by some injuries, but, you know, we don't throw a whole lot of excuses out there. But we were banged up. Still were able to make it to the conference semifinal, lost to Iona. Um, so we were really looking just to get back to our style of volleyball, competing, uh, making it, you know, our goal is making it very difficult for someone to beat us. You know, if we feel that we go out and compete on every single point, we're going to make it difficult for people to beat us. And uh, and that was our goal coming into the season in 2019. Well, you talk about making it difficult for anybody to beat you. Out after
0: the first couple of opening weekend tournaments, rattled off 19 straight matches in a row. I think I was looking at it. You only dropped eight sets during that run, five of those in league play. Did you know at a certain point that – and while every one of these championship-run teams have their own identity, but there's something that's kind of correlating together, was there something that you saw that said, yeah, you know what, we're, we're on track to be exactly where we wanted to
1: be? Uh, you know, to be honest, again, the, the tournament out in California, when we went out and lost all three matches, um, I saw some special things out of the group. We lost a five-set match to Cal Baptist. Uh, we took a set off of Pepperdine in their home gym. Um, we pushed Texas A&M and we did some really good things, even though we had the three losses, we competed and and the group wasn't satisfied. And in years past, we've played, you know, we've stepped up in competition and they'll be satisfied if they push someone, but this group wasn't satisfied. So they really wanted to get back into the conference play. And I think that, you know, those matches helped us. We came back uh, for the home tournament that we split with Sacred Heart. We co-hosted that tournament. We ended up beating Sacred Heart and Northeastern and that kind of set us on track. Um, and then, we, you know, we went through the, the first half of conference slate. I think we maybe only lost a set or two, and, and things were going almost too smoothly. And, um, I mean, you hate to say that, but it really was going too smoothly to where, you know, we kind of needed to, to have a little reality check. So we go up on the, the Buffalo weekend, which is never easy, and we lose at Canisius. And, I mean, I hate losing more than I enjoy winning, but that was the best thing for us was to take that loss up there. So we could get back and refocus for the conference tournament. Um, and then, of course, you know, we're down 2-0 at, uh, against Maris in the semifinals. Um, but, again, that, that's one thing that's been special about this program and the student-athletes that we have here, just our resiliency. So um, I made it a special weekend.
0: We'll get to that Maris game in just a second. But you talk about that Canisius game, and it's very difficult. I don't care what sport it is, to go perfect in a league slate, especially because of the fact that MAC volleyball, it's the double round robin, you play everybody home and away. So winning 18 matches on the bounce, it doesn't happen often. In fact, you guys have been the only teams that have done it. So was it good to maybe have that little bit of adversity that close to the MAC tournament? Or were there maybe some warning you know lines that you saw that said, okay, we kind of need to restart things with not a whole lot of time left?
1: Well, I mean, first, you're absolutely right. When you go through a double round robin and you're playing 18 conference matches, it is tough to go, you know, through without suffering a defeat. I mean, we scout the heck out of each other. We know each other's tendencies so well. You know, we watch so much game film the head coaches do and the assistant coaches do and student athletes on each other. So we know each other so well. And then in regards to um, the loss at Canisius, I just thought it was a reality check. I, again, I thought the first half of the season was going so smoothly and so easily, so to speak. And um, I, I just thought it was a reality check that, you know, we, we've got to make sure that we're prepared every time we go into the gym. Um, obviously, we were hosting, so that was nice. But it, to me, it was more of anything else. It was a reality check.
0: That Canisius team ended up finishing in the second seed gone to the semifinals with that Marist team. They played a tough match the night before in the quarterfinals. This is in the MAC championship last year. And uh, recently we spoke with Sonia Radulovic uh, for the Letters to the Herd podcast and series. If you haven't had a chance, make sure to go do those uh, for those who are listening right here on the Stag Sports Network. But She mentioned the fact that that Maris match might have been one of the best atmospheres at home that she ever played with, especially because of the fact of the situation, home tournament, expected to win the favorites, but you're playing Maris, who all of a sudden played out of their minds for the first two sets, and they're looking pretty good for a while, and all of a sudden, things just kind of clicked, the crowd got behind your team, and they... Came through. What was that locker room team talk like in between sets two and three? And then, when did you see things start to really resonate in order for them to climb the mountain and get to the top?
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know if we win that match if we're not at home. uh, To be very honest, the 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 student body getting behind us and the fans getting behind us definitely, you know, provided that extra punch that we needed after those first two sets. I mean, Maris came out. uh, I thought they played almost flawless volleyball. I mean, they were defending everything, uh, getting touches on everything. Um, Meg Fergus played out of her mind. Um, She played the way you would expect a senior to play. When we went in between sets, um, you know, I can light them up every now and then in between sets we're playing like that, but it really wasn't the fact that we were playing that poorly. It was the fact that Maris was just playing that well. Um, The break, I think, did us a little bit of help. I mean, it helped us a little bit in regards to kind of broke their momentum. Uh, they came out a little flat in the third set. Uh, we started to find ourselves. We started to, you know, change a couple things here and there. Uh, we're able to win a pretty close third set. I think it was like 25 22. The fourth set, we went handily. And then the fifth set, you know, 15 11, we just made the plays down the stretch, which, you know, I expect from this group to make the plays necessary down the stretch to win at home. And, um, you know, when necessary, we've always been found a way to do that. And we were able to do it that day. But, you know, Maris played unbelievable those first two sets. Fergus played, you know, like a a first teamer and did a great job. We were very fortunate to win. Like I said, I don't think we win if we're at home. You
0: know, speaking of those home atmospheres, I mean, you've seen the best of days. Is there any, actually, should I say, where would you rank that day in that gym that afternoon amongst some of the other days that you've seen where there have been some pretty loud crowds
1: at home? That's a great question. Um, You know, I remember, JJ, I don't know how old you are, but 1998, we played Notre Dame here in a five-setter. And we beat Notre Dame in five sets and the place is packed and um, incredible fifth set. That was back before rally scoring. So I think the match was, you know, three and a half hours long. And, and that place was pretty, pretty wired. Um, the the match that Saturday against Maris was different for me in the fact that it was a relief to get through that match as opposed to the exhilaration of winning. And I think I could probably speak for all of our student athletes that we were just relieved to get through that. I mean, we knew Uh, the way Maris was playing like they came prepared they were ready to go they were they were flawless like I said the first two sets so we were relieved to pull that out but again the energy in the gym that day was incredible um and uh it just we just enjoyed it you know I I commented the the crowd and the atmosphere after the match numerous times both on tv and in the locker room you know thanking our fans for what they provided for us that day so you can't, you can't, uh, can't um, pass on Alumni Hall on days like that for sure. Well, first off, thanks
0: for aging me on that one. I really appreciate it. I, wasn't, <laughs> I was remembering things at that point, but we're not going to spill the beans. I, I almost put that day up, the Maris match, to that 2016 tournament. I think both days that you guys played at home was really special. I think the Quinnipiac final, that was very loud. I think my yep. ear was still beaten for a couple of weeks after, but you end up going through Marist, knock down Quinnipiac in the championship, go to Minnesota in a difficult atmosphere. I mean, take us a little bit through that match because I know Big Ten volleyball, and for those who don't, that's the elite of the elite in terms of the college standings for conference by conference. But that's a difficult place to play, and I thought at stretches you guys were able to hold your own against a team that went to championship weekend.
1: Yeah, great atmosphere. Um, you know, over 6,000 people in the gym and and just the the opportunity to represent our conference and the university on the national stage, again, was, you know, a great opportunity and incredible experience for our student athletes. You know, I thought we came out of the gate prepared. Um, Manuela went back, had a couple of service aces, had them out of system. You know, in the long run, those matches are tough to win on the road. First of all, you're in a Big Ten gym. Uh, I think, you know, the best conference in women's volleyball um, and then it just comes down to the physicality at the net. You're looking at student-athletes on the Minnesota side that are touching 10-5, 10-6. Um, that's tough to combat. And so uh, it came down to a little bit of the physicality at the net and then also the ball handling piece. Um, you know, we're not used to seeing that—that's uh, those type of serves and that kind of pace from the end line. Um, but, again, it's always something that we try to emulate in our gym to prepare for if we are fortunate enough to get to the NCAA tournament. Um, but just a great experience overall going to Minnesota. It was a little chilly that weekend, uh, but still a great experience.
0: Yeah, well, it is hockey season pretty much all the year up in Minnesota, and you guys are right in the thick of it. And before we wrap up or look back at last year, I'm curious to hear your take on this. I thought last year the qualifying field for the MAC tournament, six teams remember, that was a very – tough field. I thought that every team that went in had a legitimate case to say that they could be holding the trophy on Sunday. Where do you see Mac volleyball right now?
1: Well, I agree. I thought the field last year going in was wide open. Like I said, we were fortunate to get through it and claim our 11th championship. Um, And speaking overall as a conference, I think every year our conference continues to get better from a strength standpoint, RPI standpoint. Um, I think our RPI was up as high as 105 last year and You know, I think as everyone continues to get better and RPIs get better, you'll see our overall conference RPI and strength of volleyball in the Northeast region, and in particular the MAC, get better. I know that Kyle's doing a great job at Quinnipiac. Sean's doing a great job at Marist, bringing in some incredible student athletes. So those things only help our conference as far as getting stronger and better on, uh, you know, an annual basis. And so we've just got to do our job to keep up with it.
0: So in a, uh, similar to where we were a couple of weeks ago when we sat down with Coach Dave Barrett of the women's soccer team, we discussed uh, this portion of the show about how the off season has been. Now, you know, we don't talk about it so much because obviously the current circumstances ended uh, the spring season, spring sports season prematurely. But for the fall sports, spring is a very important time of year as well. Um, where you get a lot of individual training, a lot of workouts in to kind of maybe change them, some things that you needed to change or tweak a couple of things that you might say, hey, let's see if this works. Where were you guys in terms of your approach and how far you got into spring before it got cut off and players had to go home?
1: Yeah, not very far. So we did a few weeks of individual training and then we did uh, a couple weeks of team training. But you're very right uh, in the fact that the spring season is used for individual growth, and that's usually where, you know, as a head coach, see the most growth from our freshman student-athletes um, because the fall is focused on team and, and what we're doing, team concepts, team offense, team defense, those type of things. So the individual growth comes during the spring. So it was unfortunate, you know, that they, were, they had that, that time cut short, and they missed out on six, seven weeks of training. Um, obviously, Joe did an incredible job as a freshman and coming in first team all MAC. Would still love to work with her those six seven weeks. Our other freshmen, Kaylee and Maddie and Morgan, would love to have had them in the gym, uh, you know, extensively. And Naya just to work with them during those six seven weeks. Um, but we'll make up for it. We'll get things done when we come back in August September, whenever we're coming back, and and make up for lost time. And I know this group is pretty motivated So they'll do, they'll do what's necessary over the summer months as well in regards to preparation.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. So what do the next few weeks and months look like for your team and how much do they change per se um, with the current situation as opposed to if things were just the status quo?
1: You know, it's, uh, it really depends on what each student athlete has available to them um, in regards to, you know, a home gym. Or in their state, are the gyms open? You know, is their um, total fitness or whatever, are they open or not? And so it really comes down to what they have access to. I mean, there's definitely things they can do on their own in regards to conditioning. Staying in contact with the ball is a little tough unless you're, you know, your club team is holding summer practices, which again, some of our student athletes, their club teams are in the gym and practicing right now and, and at least getting some reps in, whereas others are not. So it's really dependent upon what area of the country that you're in. Um, but the next 10 weeks for us, you know, we usually give them the month of May off and then starting in June, excuse me, they'll, they'll be, um, uh, doing the summer workout program, which is a lot of jump training, a lot of plyos, a sprint workout. We have a conditioning test that we do when we come back in August. So for all of them, they'll be doing that. And then really the other parts will just be what, what they have access to in their home gyms and home states.
0: For sure. And lastly, I'm curious to know, um, during this time, how have you been able to keep in touch with your group? Do you have Zoom meetings? Do you have a chance to just text with them, you know, check in not only just on them being student athletes, but just their mental state at the moment? Because I know for a lot of people, it's been tough over the last few weeks. So how much have you had a chance to do that?
1: Yeah, a lot. We've been in contact, you know, um, Zoom meetings. We've had a couple of Zoom meetings for the team, and then we've had individual Zoom meetings to keep in touch with each student athlete. Um, we're reading the book called legacy about the all blacks, the rugby team over in uh, New Zealand, Australia, and then reporting back every few weeks. we will read about four chapters and then report back on how that is applicable to us coming back in the fall. I thought, um, you know, Melissa pointed that book out and thought it was really a book that might benefit us as a program going forward. Um, and there's a lot of things in there. It's a great book. It's a quick read and it's an incredible read, but a lot of things in there that we're using going into the fall. Team reading. I know you're uh, all the professors out there certainly loving the fact that
0: you're having your team crack a couple of books.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, uh, you know, it's just a way to stay connected, but then it's also, I think, very applicable not only to our program, but to life. So they've enjoyed it, and uh, it's always good to see their faces when we get online. Awesome.
0: So the last part of our chat here is, um, you know, we recently you've announced your upcoming freshman class that's going to be joining this program. So, first off, It's a big class this year. You have eight total, seven freshmen and a transfer coming in into what is already a very big returning group of upwards of a dozen players. So what were you looking for when you put this class together, first off?
1: You know, we didn't rest during the, you know, during the off time, during the pandemic. I mean, we were still actively recruiting. We were kind of putting the finishing touches on our 2020 class. And, um, I did some virtual tours uh, driving around, which is, I'm not a very good driver anyway, driving around with one hand on the Jeep and holding the phone out the window, doing my virtual tours with uh, some of our student athletes. Um, but yeah, I mean, in all, um, on a more serious note, we were looking to incre- in, uh, increase our ball handling. So we really, you know, we lost Sonia, we lost Maya and Jamie. Those three were very important to our program from a ball handling standpoint, defensively. And in serve-receive, so that was the first thing. We wanted to bring in, you know, another group that could help us uh, enhance our ball handling from the defensive and serve-receive side, Uh, some point scoring on the outside, which I think we did, and then, uh, you know, being a little shorthanded in the middle, we wanted to bring in another middle just to help us with the physicality part there as well.
0: So let's break down this group, and we're going to actually – we'll just start right in the middle since you let off with that. So you have one middle coming in, uh, a native of New Zealand. That would be Ella Gardner. So where, where does that find come in? Because it's not often that we hear about stag volleyball players
1: coming a long way from that beautiful nation of New Zealand. Her mom and dad uh, were from New Zealand. They lived there and obviously um, came here to the States, went to San Jose State. And that's where they met each other. And now lived in California. Um, and so Ella, we found Ella out in California recruiting. Uh, incredible athlete. Um we think her – well, I know that her best volleyball is ahead of her, and that says a lot because the kid's already very good. But she's going to be a special one for sure. She's a, she's very physical. She's a quick learner. Um, she's an overachiever, all those things that we like. She's a great kid, so we're excited to get her here and start working with her in August.
0: Now, you talk about the uh, ball handling side of things. You have four defensive players, libero – or potential liberos coming in. Uh, Kyla Berg, Alexis LeClaire, Maggie Rogan, and Georgia Villa. That's a big group uh, for one, perhaps maybe two positions. So uh, there's a lot, we already mentioned the fact that there could be a lot of competition uh, for some of these spots with a big group, but what are you seeing out of those four that could potentially help this program?
1: Yeah, competition is good. You know, we we need to get better at the ball handling piece and serve, receive, and defensively. I talked about that. So Hopefully that, that group of four as well as Maddie and Morgan come in and really push each other and, and we start to improve in that, uh, that area. Um, you know, they all bring something different. Uh, Georgia was a commit to University of Hawaii and um, kind of the distance thing, I think, got to her when she started to make her final decision. And so she decommitted from there. We feel very fortunate to have her joining us. I think she'll be a great pickup in regards to the defensive side of things. Uh, Kyla Berg super intense, um, plays for one of the top programs in the country in Muncie and volleyball club out of Muncie, Indiana, Alexis LeClaire from upstate New York, just your the type of kid that you want to be a part of your program. Um, high integrity kid, super intense, overachiever that I think is going to come in and, and do whatever it takes to see the court. And then Maggie Rogan, uh, comes from the St. Louis area. Her mom's a legacy. Went here to Fairfield, uh, back in the days when Jackie Kane was running wild on campus. So, uh, Look forward to having all four
0: of them here. We're going to have to get a rebuttal from Jackie at some point. <laughs> to hear her perspective. Now on uh, the scoring side of things, we're going to break this into two parts. First would be your the newcomers coming in in terms of true freshmen, where you have Simone Tyson, and this is going to be the first of many times I'm going to say this, Jordan, no relation to, Cress will be now joining the club as well. So uh, where do you see them fitting into the group?
1: Two L2s that I think have the opportunity to immediately help us out. Um, both point scorers, both scrappy, both know how to win. Um, they both find ways to score. I mean, they're they're not in 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 regards to size, they're not the tallest outsides, but they know that and they've learned how to score against bigger blocks. So um, that's the reason that we brought them in, and they'll have every opportunity to to help out. there, you know immediately. Um, Simone comes from Cleveland the, the great city of Cleveland also the home of my Cleveland Browns so excited to have her joining us in the great state of Ohio as well um, and then Jordan you know we've gone through every lineage and, and talked about our family's past definitely not related I don't know any crests from Wisconsin or Arizona so um, but Jordan's a great kid she was the first commit in the 2020 class um, And she's just a feisty little outside that knows how to compete as well. So they're very similar, but they're going to also bring unique things to to our gym.
0: It definitely sounds like of the seven freshmen that are coming in, it's going to be a lot of compete level, a lot of high volleyball IQ level. And a lot of these players sound like they're going to be helping straight out. But uh, one that kind of sparked the interest a little bit here when I saw the list is a, I guess we call it. A returning character, an old foe, but now a new friend, uh, that's Natalie Aleko. Now, for those who may remember that name, uh, played for Quinnipiac for a few seasons, last was seen on the court in 2017, was injured during the 2018 season. She now joins this program. So how did that come about? Because that's a pretty solid player, an all-Mac honoree that's joining an already very good club.
1: You know, we, we just like the experience that Natalie brings. I mean, obviously, she's got two years under her belt. Um, she's coming in as a fifth-year junior, senior, however you look at it. Um, we like the experience that she brings, not only coming in as an older, wiser outside, but also having played within our conference and knows what it takes to compete in our conference and win in our conference. Um, you know, she was she had a very unfortunate injury, as well as Manuela, uh, uh, having an ACL and in the spring of, uh, I think, was it 17 or yeah, spring of 17 and then missed the, you know, the seasons with the, with the ACL Missed a couple of seasons, actually Um, she's back to a hundred percent. And I think she's just looking for an opportunity to come in and, and get back in and end her career on a positive note and contribute. So really looking forward to having her as part of the program. And I'm curious because we talk about someone that is
0: within the conference, but played for another program. It must be a little bit difficult to have competed with, you know, players like Fairfield playing with Quinnipiac and now all of a sudden joining this group. So maybe perhaps what perspective does she bring knowing that she's seen the trials and tribulations, nearly had some success in battling against Fairfield for the MAC championship in 16, coming close, making the tournament 17. What does she bring to the table in addition to just the, her playing experience?
1: Definitely been interesting to give her insight on um, what she anticipated, what she expected from our program in regards to joining it and what the culture would be like and that type of thing, and maybe what her experiences were at Quinnipiac. Um, but again, I think just uh, her insight has been um, interesting to look at and, and what her expectations were and then what she will bring as well. So, you know, she's a high integrity kid, high character kid, and but also knows how to compete. So we're looking, like I said, looking forward to getting her on the court and you know, she's just hungry to get back out there. She's been injured, she's been beat up with that knee, and now she's able to get back out and go at it. So, you know, that, those are those are all good attributes to have in your gym.
0: Definitely old well, Todd. It's always a lot of fun being able to sit down with you, pick your brain a little bit, and just talk stags volleyball in general and uh hope that you have a good summer. We're gonna see you in a couple of weeks' time. You as well, JJ. Stay safe, stay well, and good seeing you. Absolutely. So again, uh that's gonna do it for this special pod here on the stag sports network make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels at fairfield stags net stags sports net so until next time go stags thank you for listening to the stag sports network podcast for past and future podcasts visit fairfieldstags.com